this is Caden Terry. And this is Cam Terry. What's up, guys? And welcome to the Psychology of Success podcast, where we interview successful entrepreneurs, leaders, and innovators on a weekly basis. Let's jump right into it. It depends on me. It, it ultimately depends on your purpose. If your purpose in going to college is to make more money, there's things you can do, and there's other things you can do to, like, for instance, some of the wealthiest people we know in the world are they have no college education. Yeah, yeah. Or dr- have dropped out. Have dropped out. Um, but then on the other hand, if you want to go become a doctor, you can't do it unless you go to school. Mm-hmm. But those who say, I want to go to school so that I can make more money, it's, it's not the best yeah. option. It's like Richard Portnett. Have you read that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, several Same times. Same yep. Yeah, favorite book. Uh, it's, it's a good one. It's not my favorite. Uh, I think... I think Rich Dad Poor Dad's a wonderful book, um, especially to change your concept of money mm-hmm. and how money's made. I mean, the whole the whole theory of his quadrants employee, yeah, investor, yep. cash flow. Because yep. college, like you said, trains cash you to be more of an employee mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. compared to a business owner or investor. Sure, sure. But I mean, the, the biggest challenge is most people don't understand what an investment is. So. So, I mean, if you go buy a second home and you still own a mortgage on it, is it really technically an investment? Even though it provides you with some income, you're still having to pay money out towards it. So it's not technically still an investment. So it's arguable. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, Rich Dad Poor Dad's a good book. It's a good book. I've read it, like I said, a couple times. I always tell my clients to read it. It's like it changed the way you view money. Like that's, I mean, that's what most people have to do. They always feel like they're chasing it, and it's all a psychology mm-hmm. thing. Stop chasing it, and yeah. it will come to you. Stop chasing it, and it will come to you. Yeah. So. Very true. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, should we? All right, let's have it. All right, so could you just tell us like how you got started and like into business and yeah, just started kind of companies and stuff? Yeah, business experience. Mm-hmm. Um. So I graduated with my master's degree, um, and then. Applied to a bunch of jobs, and there weren't a whole. There weren't a bunch of jobs. That was the problem. So I graduated in like 2008, right after the recession. Yeah. Right during the recession, I remember being in my master's degree program of finance class and watching the stock market go. When I was like, uh, it's not a good time to graduate. I was graduating like two months later, <laughs> and uh, so I did. I went and applied to a bunch of jobs, and I couldn't find anything for work. Everybody was like, "Well, you have a master's degree. You're too. You're overqualified." And at that point, I said, okay, I'm going to go back to law school. And I applied and got accepted out to Michigan, out in Michigan, Michigan State. And uh, and then started working at a bank, had a wife and two kids, and had to start finding a job. And anyways, provide for family. And then I uh, got involved in personal finance and just fell in love with helping people figure out what to do with their money, how to invest it. Um, and then from there, I've helped you know, tons of clients. And along the way, I've had a lot of opportunities to invest in other businesses and get involved in creating other businesses. Um, some nonprofit, some for profit. Um, so that's, that's been my experience. And it's, it's, I haven't really had a boss in a long time. I can do what I want. Yeah. That's nice. So it's been good. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. It's good. So you like, do you manage people's wealth? Is that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. I feel. Yep. Yep, so I help people that set up financial plans so that they can see where they are today and head towards where they want to go. That's, that's like, my main source of income. Like, is that your own deal? or? Do uh-huh. you I own my own office. I actually own three. 
three cool. offices. Oh, nice. Sweet. Yep. With yep. different employees working for you? Mm-hmm. Or? Yep. Where at? Um, one's in Texas, one's in northern Idaho, and one's in Orem. Wow. Do you have to travel there a lot? No, I don't have to go there very often. I mean, I got managers who run the places. Wow. They're people that I trained. Cause I, so perfect. one of the people I trained when I was in Idaho moved back to Texas, so he's that office, and so he runs that office, and he does his own thing. Um, I still make royalties off his business, and same thing with the one in northern Idaho. Somebody I lived up there and decided to move back here, and so the, mo- the main office that I still own and run is the one in Orem. So. Um, what are what were some of your greatest failures, and what did you what did they teach you? Some of my greatest <clears throat> failures. Yeah. Greatest failures have probably been personal failures, as far as uh, things with people that's probably been my biggest failures you know not making proper investments into people and training people that's probably been the biggest thing and what did i learn from that man you got to learn how to train people better i mean you got you put the money and time into training them and building them in bringing them in and training them you might as well spend the time to make sure they know what they're doing so that's the biggest thing and i think that's the biggest thing that most companies make because they don't value their people enough so what, what is your morning and nightly routine? Uh, morning routine, like as far as what time I wake up? or Yeah, what, what time yeah. you wake up and what you do every day. Like. Uh, I usually wake up in between 10 to 6 and 6.30 is usually when I wake up, somewhere in there. Um, I'm not one of those people who exercise in the morning. I, I find myself like dragging butt about... <laughs> one o'clock in the afternoon if I do that I'm like oh my gosh I'm dying so I usually just will eat and then I'll start uh, I'll, I'll usually read so I'll usually read a half hour to an hour depending on how much time I have um and then from there just show up at work yep show up at work do you know eat same old everything what kind of books are you reading uh Usually self-help books. Um, those are usually ones. Some some of them I'll do on finance. Um, lots of different books. My favorite book I've ever read is um, Outwitting the Devil. It's a phenomenal book written by Napoleon Hill. He also wrote Think and Grow Rich. Yeah, right. So that's that's the best book I've ever read. Really? What's yeah. it called again? Think, uh, it's called Outwitting the Devil. It's where he interviews instead of interviewing like John D. Rockefeller and the Carnegie's, he interviews the devil, and it is a phenomenal book. Is that the book where it's two devils writing to each other? Because I know mm-hmm. that's another book. No, that's, that, that sounds like the screw tape letters. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, okay. no, no this different. is this is different. Yep, huh. but it's a good book. I have to look into it. Yeah, I've read a lot, a lot of, a lot of books. How often do you read? Like, how many books would you say you read a year? Uh, a probably, month? I try to do two a month. Two yeah. books a month. That's good. Two a month? Yep, That's two a books a month. That's most than what most people do. That's yeah. That's more than what most yeah. people do. Yeah, so. the average, I mean, the top 1%, the numbers are pretty staggering. The top 1% read about, if I'm not mistaken, one book, one book a month is the top 1% of all income. See, one now book I remember reading from some book, it might have been Rich Dad, Poor Dad, or one of Robert Kiyosaki's books that... The average CEO reads a book a week, 52 yeah. books a yeah. year, which is insane. Yeah. So, so many yeah, it's books. Pretty wild. Yeah, Most that's pretty wild. Most people give them yeah. crap saying, oh, they, they went to school and just worked their way up the corporate ladder and they 
new people they didn't work for it but really i mean they're reading like crazy learning going to seminars yeah making themselves better for sure investing into themselves for sure that's the biggest thing yeah yeah that's a lot of books what drives you to keep going when it gets tough I mean, it's a corny answer, but it's probably the same thing. I, I, in my, in my opinion, when the going gets tough, that usually people punk out. I mean, and that's what I learned through the recession. When the going gets tough, most people punk out and go back to school. I don't want to sound bad that way, but that's that's literally what happens. That's what we teach the kids. That's what we teach you guys. Is you know, when times are tough, just go back to school and get another degree. And I think, in order to survive, when times get tough, you have to have a cause that's bigger than yourself period you've got to have something that you believe in that carries you through those times if all you're doing is working for money you'll never carry yourself through you find something you're like oh man i'm just not satisfied anymore and you'll you find something else and then you'll start at the bottom again and work your way up or yeah that's just the way it is and you got to have your why yep yep exactly that's, that's why i said the kind of the corny thing you got to find your why you got to have yeah. i mean like the cliche not corny but the cliche <laughs> thing that you got to have a why yeah you got to have a cause that's bigger than you yeah mm-hmm. what you're trying to accomplish what are some of your success habits? You mentioned reading, but you have any others? Yeah, I mean, I set goals. I set goals on a regular basis. I review those goals. Uh, I do affirmations, making sure that you're telling yourself so, you know, that what you're going to accomplish, pull out your goals, read them, make sure you're telling yourself what your goals are so you can remind yourself. And So I do that quite often. I usually have my goals with me. Um, read i i do evaluations on a monthly basis to make sure that my business is where it should be um uh, that i mean making sure i have a schedule if i have a schedule you know i usually try to plan out what i'm doing the next day so i'll take my night time and usually schedule out what i'm doing the next day make sure i know and i do that on a weekly basis make sure i got my time slots available and Mm -hmm. whatnot so cool what are some of the books that you have read or and suggest we read um, well, it depends on what kind of books you like. If you like standard, like here's list A through Z, uh, John Maxwell's great. Uh, you know, if you, here's one step, next step, next step. Um, he's really good at laying out steps. Um, he's good. John Maxwell's good. I like 20, 21 law, Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. He's got great training on leadership. Um, he also wrote a book called Put Your, Dreams to you, Put Your Dreams to the Test. Andy Andrews has another book called The Traveler's Gift that I really like. That one's more of a story. Paolo mm-hmm. Coelho had a book called The Alchemist. That's a great story. I've heard of that. Yeah. Uh, it's a great book. In fact, like Will Smith, if you ever watched any stuff, like his motivational stuff, he talks about it all the time, Paolo Coelho. Um, but like I said, I think the, the biggest one, I mean, Think and Grow Rich is a phenomenal book. I think everybody should read that one. I think that's a, you know, absolute must if you're mm-hmm. going to be an entrepreneur and change how you think those would be i don't know there's a there's a ton yeah and whatever industry you're going to look at going into i think you should probably read in that industry there's there are industry leaders that you should follow up so if it's real estate or if it's becoming a awesome. doctor there are people who've written books about being a doctor what to prepare for so do you utilize the law of attraction of course yeah yep yep that's why i read my goals try to attract those goals to me for sure not try i try those goals as much as possible keep it in front of you yeah. being positive about it yep exactly yep i yeah, you see a lot of the problems of the world is because people are attracting it to them so totally i 100 I, I believe in it i mean it's we yeah. talk about it all and the time the, in class right yeah and like the vision boards mm-hmm. yeah. yep yep i got lots and lots of vision boards lots and lots of them 
Yeah. Yep. Those are good. You should always have them. I think it should be like your thing that you have on your laptop when you first lift up your laptop. It should yeah, be like a, a for sure. digital vision board so you yeah. can see it all the time. Yeah. It's a good see, idea. I kind of do that where you, because you said you write your goals down, mm-hmm. right, and you review them. Mm-hmm. See, I have a vision board above my desk, and what I do, or I try to do, I don't do it every morning, mm-hmm. but I try and do look at my vision board and write down each picture that I have and write it down in words. That's good. I have about 12 things, and I try and do that every morning and night so that it's always in my head. Yep. And so that I can try and achieve them. Because if it's in your head and you're being positive about it, then you'll attract those things. Yep. So. yep. The more positive thoughts you can put towards it, yeah. the more powerful the thought, the better yeah. it will be, for sure. Exactly. Yep. What, what do you think the best kind of investments are? That's, I mean, that's what I do. So it depends on, on who's asking and why you're asking and what your and the goals are. Um, as an overall generalized thing, uh, I'd say if you can invest in a company that you believe in, I don't think you should ever make an investment that you absolutely don't believe in. Like, I think uh, find a company or a principal or something, an industry where you find a company like, man, I just love what they stand for. If you love what somebody stands for, that's what you should follow their why, right? You talk about somebody's yeah. why. We talk about it, the, about the golden circle, Simon Sinek, about companies who know what their why is, company who knows how they do it, and then obviously what they do. Companies who know what their why is is somebody that I would love to invest in. It's something I do, right? So if I know uh, a company, as you can tell, I, I believe the company is the best way to invest. Uh, so whether it's a stock or, or you know, in pri- private placement of a stock, I think Real estate's a great investment for older people. Um, that's my opinion, obviously. Uh, Why not younger? If they had the money. Lots of reasons. Do you want to know them all? Yeah, that's right. Um, I think that when you're young, you're looking for a home run. You should be looking for home runs. You should be looking for slam dunks. I think real estate's a great investment as far as it provides a minimal income and it can be a lot i mean you can invest in a lot of real estate um and then you can have a significant income coming in from it but the average person who's going to invest you know the four hundred thousand dollars that they're going to lock up into a home or the two hundred thousand dollars that they're going to lock up into a home i think they can get a better rate of return or not i think i know i mean you look at the average stock market return the average stock market over the last 100 years you can look at the track record it's been over 11 percent which means that it doubles on average about every six years. Show me a piece of real estate that's doubled every six years consistently. Not, not you know, go for 100 years and not have any growth and then all of a sudden yeah. have huge growth in a three-year yeah. period of time. It just doesn't happen as much in real estate. Now, it can produce that income, which, yeah, like I said, that's for older people, like that cash flow where you're mm-hmm. looking for consistent income. But as far as, like, at your guys' age or, young, or you know, 20s, I definitely think, man, the best investment is the ones you have the money to make. I totally believe that. If you have money sitting on the sidelines ready to invest and somebody comes to you and says, hey, you know what, I got a great idea for idea for some headphones called Skull Candy. If you would have had 50000 bucks, you would be rich. But if it was tied up in something else, you would have been, dang it, I missed that one. Or if you would have been another person, one of my greatest friends, uh, mom started stamping up. They were looking for, as far as I remember the story, they were looking for like a $100,000 investment. Imagine if you had $100,000 sitting on the sidelines, you'd be a billionaire. Wow. So, and, that, and that's happened across 20 years, you know, 
hundred thousand dollars is not going to turn you into a billionaire in very many industries unless it's owning a stock. I mean, there's so many other things right now. I mean, as far as companies go, you find a company, like I would sit outside of BYU. Like if I were wealthy right now, like overly wealthy, like I have a lot of friends who, who, this is what they do. They'll go up to BYU, they'll put on a little seminar and some people come up to them and say, hey, look, I got this great idea for a business investment. Okay, let's hear your story. Like it's own, he's got his own personalized Shark Tank. He's a, wow. he's a billionaire, and people come to him and say, "Hey," and, and he goes, "Okay, I'll give you fifty thousand bucks. I just need twenty percent of your company." Okay. And the best money you can make is money you don't have to do anything with. Yeah, You'll make yeah. more money off your investments than you will off of your own business. Typically, the more wealthy you get. Yeah. What do you think, or do you own real estate right now at all? Uh, I don't. I don't own any real estate. But you own stock and mm-hmm. percentages mm-hmm. of companies. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. I don't what do you own think about estate. Bitcoin? Bitcoin? Yeah. Uh, the problem with Bitcoin, and this is my opinion once again, it's not regulated. Yeah, that's It's not regulated, so so how do you know what you're really buying? And, and the idea of Bitcoin, who actually even knows what it yeah, is? Like, and we don't yeah. even know who created it, really. No, we don't, we don't even know what it is. We've got an idea of what something <laughs> is, but how do you invest in something... I don't know. It's from all the research, nobody understands it. So why would you invest in it? Yeah. Like if you followed what Warren Buffett says, never invest in anything you don't understand. It doesn't make any sense to invest in it. In my opinion, yeah, it makes no sense. Yeah. Now I see a future generation. Like I have a nephew who's going to be BYU right now, and he's he's like, oh man, that's such a great investment. But who's to say they're not going to? When everybody gets all tied into it, if there's no regulation of it, they can slip the rug out from underneath you once you get a million dollars invested or. You know, once it gets so big, and then all of somebody, whoever created yeah. it, says, yeah. "See you later. I'm walking yeah. out with it." And there's no regulation. What do you do? Yeah, that's what Warren Buffett said. He said it's just a bubble waiting to be popped. Yep. Like, and it's funny because I bought. You probably remember this. Yeah. Corn, didn't you buy like? $5 have you heard of Cash App? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have Cash App, and you can actually buy Bitcoin. Yeah. On Cash App. Mm-hmm. And last December, I bought a dollar worth of Bitcoin. And now it's at 34 cents. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. It's not very often, right, that it goes down. I mean, it's been recent, but yeah. everybody's been but going crazy, crazy about it. Yeah. yeah it's, it's just gone. Like, I remember the charts. Has it ever gone up above like, it all? Well, yeah, it's gone up, but not since December. It's gradually gone. Yeah. yeah you kind of got it on the tail end. Yeah. And, and now the, one of the reasons why it's going down is because there's threats of the government trying to regulate it. Mm. And that's one of the biggest reasons why there was a threat. When there was no threat of regulation of it, yeah, everybody was going mad bonkers over it. But coming from the industry I come from, that's my biggest, that's one of my biggest fears. I mean, I've sat down with people. Here's one particular example I had, and this is probably way too long for you guys to think, so you might have to edit this all out. But I had sat down with this client one time, and they were like, yeah, I got this company I'm going to invest in. And, you know, it's like $10,000 to invest in it, and it was a penny bid auction site. I was like, well, explain it to me. I was like, that doesn't make sense. I mean, I hold licenses. And they were like, yeah, I heard it from my financial planner. What, your financial planner? Okay, tell me about this investment. And they explained it. And all it was is a penny bid site, kind of like a Quibbids. I don't know if you guys know what Quibbids is. It's like you, you'd put a bid on like an iPad for like a penny. You'd put a Each bid was a penny. But each bid cost you 25 cents to make the bid. Yeah. So you'd buy a, you'd buy an iPad for like two bucks, but it cost you know two bucks times twenty five cents. It cost it was a significant amount of money that they were making. Mm-hmm. So this guy was touting that man, we just they just sold a uh, Mustang GT for GT five for I think he said it was sold for like 
3600 bucks, And everybody's like, man, this is great. It got it for $3,600. Well, yeah, you look at that per penny. They made like $365,000 on a car. <laughs> it was a genius. It was a genius company. But I said to the guy, you know, oh, I said, you know what? What's funny about all this is you better make a ton of money right now because that sucker's going to get shut down by the SEC. And it wasn't, it wasn't three months later, the whole thing was being shut down and everybody lost every single penny that they ever put into it. Wow. Because it's not regulated. So I believe in total regulation. I, that's, that's my opinion. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> and that happens all over the, all over the place. Like uh, there was a Ponzi scheme that deals with real estate a couple, I don't know, 15 years ago. And some person was like, hey, we got this property down in some obscure place in Nevada and it's growing like gangbusters right now. I need $100,000 and they take your $100,000 go and talk to the next person and they're taking your $100,000 and paying the previous person that they just sat down with. They're saying, okay, look, we'll give you $100,000 cash flow for investing in it and then they go talk to the next person we'll give you $100,000 and they were just bouncing the money back and forth. Well, all in all, Jeez. yeah, it was big yeah. time. It was big time. Got shut down pretty quick, but <laughs> got shut down quick, huh? Yeah. Um, what is what is one mistake you witness entrepreneurs making more frequ- frequently than others? More free a mistake they make more frequently than others. Yeah. The, the like other other entrepreneurs. What a I think the biggest mistake that entrepreneurs have is quitting too early. They quit too soon. Um, in that book written by Andy Andrews called The Traveler's Gift, he's he's set the last so he, he dies almost dies he's like in a coma and meets seven angels and the last angel he meets is the archangel gabriel and and the archangel gabriel shows him all these inv- inventions that never never got created they call it the room that never was and it's the people that were creating something and then quit before it happened mm-hmm. so it never got created wow. i think that's the biggest challenge is that people get frustrated they oh man i'm just down i get beat up man maybe this isn't for me maybe i should just go back and do whatever i was doing before i'm just gonna quit and they quit and then right before they were successful so quitting too early is probably the biggest challenge but that's everybody just yeah. quitting too early when do you know to step out of an investment though or a business opportunity because you hear, like, fail fast. If you're going to fail, fail fast. I don't know if you've heard that. When do you know to step out of something like that? Well, I also believe that decision-making, like, part of being an entrepreneur is making decisions quickly and then not changing your mind quickly. Like, if you're going to commit, commit. Yeah. Don't commit and then withdraw. I mean, that's not – that's I've never seen entrepreneurs that are really good at doing that. Buy into something – like I would, I would never commit to an investment unless I truly believed in it. I said that earlier, and I, I truly believe that. Like you should believe in the investment. I believe in the CEO. I believe in the board of directors. I believe in whatever it is you believe in the cause. I believe in Steve Jobs. I love the person he was. I'm gonna invest in his company. Why not? What is one characteristic that you believe every entrepreneur should possess? stick to itiveness stick with it don't quit too early right have the have the ability to just like everybody look like a duck on a pond right underneath the water their feet are kicking like crazy but on the top those ducks just look like they're calm right i I think that's one of the biggest things just handle the storm doesn't matter if it's up or down handle it with all the same emotion and just deal with it look you're just 
I, I think I, I think that's, that's one good. of them. Yeah. That. How do you plan and organize your day? Um. Man, things change when you start having a lot of when your kids start getting older. Man, my kids like occupy a lot of my day, like driving around <laughs> from place to place and stuff like that. Um. I think the biggest thing is make sure you do the most important things for success first. Um, I had a business leader tell me one time or tell an entire organization, say, you know, swallow the frog before it gets too big. I think that's wonderful advice to live by the things that you do, the things that you don't love to do that are the most important. Like you guys are in school, make sure you study and st- we, we tend to get really good at putting out fires. Don't put out fires. Do what needs to be done first. It's usually the hardest thing. Do it first, and then the rest of the day can go a lot easier. So that's, that's how I would organize my day. What's the most important thing for me to do today, and then go from there. Get that done. Yep. How do you spend your spare time? With my family. Yep, I spend my spare time with my family. What courses have you taken and suggest we take? Like school courses? Yeah, school courses, maybe online courses that you've bought, maybe audio programs, podcasts. Um, I think anything you can get your hands on that helps to either put you more in line with the law of attraction, to put you more in line that way, to... I think you should, it, like, as you're preparing to go to college for you guys, I would tell every student that the first year in school or before the summer before they enter college that they should take a speed reading class and a meditation class. They should learn how to meditate on the things that they've read so they don't have to spend as much time reading. Um, I, think that's, I think those are the biggest things I would tell people to do. The other things I would tell people to do is learn how to sell you know, take a Tom Hopkins course or somebody that, that teaches how to sell the art of selling. Um, and I, that's everything. I think everything has to do with sales. If you're going to own your own business, you sure as heck better know how to sell you. Because people, what people don't really realize is people buy you. They don't buy your real estate. They don't buy your business. They don't buy your cars. They buy you. That's that's the key. And you got to increase your lid. So, yeah, go to seminars pay money to invest in yourself and there are tons of seminars i mean tony robbins does one they they get expensive but it's worth the investment if you're going to apply it now i know a lot of people that just go to those and then go like this and, you know twiddle their thumbs and don't learn anything in fact I, I give examples all the time i can go and i'm man i'm fired up i'm taking notes and the guy next to me is like <laughs> right <laughs> yeah. so if you're going to go be committed to it yeah so, or if you're going to read a book, be committed to it. Find something that you're passionate about. I think one of my favorite authors, and I haven't even talked about him, is Simon Sinek. You probably, if you haven't seen him, I would take the next weeks and research every one of his YouTube talks. And I, I can send you links to him. They are phenomenal, Simon Sinek. And it's because I, I believe that corporate America is in this position where it needs to change, where they don't care about people. The, they work for they're going to fire i mean they just general motors just announced that they were going to fire another fifteen thousand people to keep up with tesla yeah same with tesla Jeez, uh, getting rid of a lot of people it, it, it's crazy so you got a bunch of people that have no loyalty towards their company and they're willing to just work for a paycheck and not give them their heart and their soul because they look at their company and their company doesn't care about them either yeah yeah so i think that there needs to be a change especially as you guys start looking towards the workforce because you guys are going to get to the workforce and realize that it is a dog-eat-dog world, and most of you guys are not prepared to handle how tough it is. And so 
like that's why you're seeing like suicides and crazy stuff because mm-hmm. it's like we are governed as adults like by these ridiculous rules and they need to change. So Simon Sinek, I would research a bunch of him. Go on YouTube and watch his videos. They're phenomenal. Change your life. Better than any book I've ever read. I mean, and I've read his two books. So, What books does he have? He has one that's called Start With Why. And then the other one is called The Infinite Game, um, where he explains the difference between finite games and infinite games. Like, you guys both play baseball. And he uses this as an example in his story. It's like the, a finite game is like a game of baseball. You know the rules. You know the players. You know the time limit of the game. Um, it's finite. It's going to end. Somebody's going to win. And then there's infinite games, games that the point of it is just to perpetuate the game, to keep playing. Um, And he uses the example of, like, the Cold War. You play until somebody gives up. Um, But the problem is, is there's no winning in life. You just keep going. You keep trying to succeed. You get better. Some companies do really well today. Some companies do really well tomorrow. You're never going to be top dog all the time. Like Apple's kind of on a trajectory a little bit down, right? Mm-hmm. It was on the top of the pedestal for years, and now it's mm-hmm. kind of on a trajectory down. You're, that's just the way it is. So don't play, the, don't play a finite game with infinite rules, and don't play an infinite game with finite rules, and you'll get confused. So anyways, it's, it's good, book, good books. Both of those are good books always easy to be to gamble with other people's money it's when it's your money that's kind of when you gamble right? mm-hmm. yeah. that makes it scary so the ceos yes they go for the big risk but we've just created such a generation where there's not a ton of humility as far as in the leadership and so it, you know he, he uses an example of um this guy he, and he it's the former like undersecretary of the united states and for for armed forces or something and he goes and he gives a talk and he's sitting there giving his talk and he looks down at his coffee cup and it's a styrofoam cup and he pauses his talk and he totally switches gears and he said you know what i was here last year and i was the undersecretary undersecretary of defense and when i came when i got off the airplane i flew first class i had somebody pick me up at the airport they took me to the hotel they checked me in i woke up the next morning somebody prepared my breakfast they took me to the they took me to the venue where i was going to speak i walked in the back door they escorted me in they gave me a cup of coffee and a beautiful ceramic cup i just came back here this year i flew coach I took my I took a cab to my hotel. The cab came and got me the next day. I came to the venue. I went through the front doors. I made my way backstage. I asked the guy for a cup of coffee, and he pointed me to the coffee machine. And I put it in this here cup. And he said, remember that the ceramic cup wasn't meant for you. It was meant for your title. You're going to have a bunch of people. You're going to be successful, and people are going to look at you, and they're going to say, man, wow, you're so great. You guys are awesome. Cam and Caden, you guys have great thinking. You're wonderful. You're this. You're the CEO of this. You're that. You've got all these investments. And just remember that when you strip it all down, you're still the same person. Mm-hmm. And it can disappear. Sometimes you're up. Sometimes you're down. Most businesses like Donald Trump's, I don't know how many times he's gone through bankruptcy. It happens. You know, you can be the greatest business mind and still have a hiccup, boom, something you didn't even control that happens and all of a sudden it leads you destitute. But the good ones figure out a way to pop back. Um, but, yeah, that's the, so that, I'm telling you, that will it change your life. You'll yeah. watch it and you'll be like, what? You'll one. take a ton of notes. <laughs> that one's really good. So life advice. Life advice. Yep, life I'm advice. Yeah, it's really good. That one's probably my favorite one I've seen him do. But I've, like I said, 
It's really good. The TED Talk's a good place to start. Then you kind of get the idea of how we got started. That was his first talk that he had ever really done live. So so how long have you been teaching for? It was my first year. Really? Yeah, it was my first year. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. First year. So you just recently went back to school to get your license to teach? Or? I don't have my license. Really? Yeah. So you're just teaching for fun, or what are you doing? Yeah. That's it. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yep, that's it. Yeah, I make more money off my business than I do here. That's sick. But but I don't have to be in my businesses. Um, they make money. That's so um, nice. Yeah. It is. It's, it's nice. But the, I, I think I love teaching. I have a lot of fun doing it. The kids probably look at me like he's the biggest, goofiest dude. Like, And I have fun, and they probably think. But I'm hard, too. Like, I will tell them, like, Look, if, if, if you're going to show up late, I will fire you. Like, you're preparing yourself for habits that you're going to need in the future. And if you're showing up late to class, if you're lazy, if you think, like, I taught that one of the first days in class, like, I think the D letter should be done away with in, in grades. You sh- it should go A, B, C, F, period. There should be no D. If you think you're going to skip by in life and just get a D, you will be average and ordinary your whole life. Mm-hmm. You'll never accomplish anything. You'll hate your life. You'll hate your kids. I mean, in that talk that I told you about, he talks about kids who have parents who work late aren't bad kids. It's the kids who have parents who come home and they hate their jobs and so they're pissed off at home. They have bad lives. There's a huge difference. If people are happy and they're excited about what they do and they come home and they tell their kids, man, I what I did today was phenomenal, they'll raise good kids who want to be successful and they're willing to sacrifice for it. But anyways, that, that's a big challenge. You know, so yeah, that D. Oh man. So yeah, I've just started teaching, but uh, it blows me away that how many people are willing to settle for. We've just created a culture of all I got to do is get a D. That's all I want to do is get a D so I can move on. Well, yeah. moving on to what? If you're just a D person, you're gonna move on to what? Yeah. You know, and that's not everybody. I understand. Like some people are like college isn't for me, so they drop out and they start a million dollar or billion dollar business like Mark Zuckerberg I mean I get it but those are the exceptions yeah you know like we shouldn't be telling people to drop out of school and become an entrepreneur because that's those guys are the rare exceptions they really are Mm -hmm. they really are the rare exceptions they're like the college or you know the professional athletes those are like the rare exceptions you can try your whole life and maybe never be a professional athlete you can always be an entrepreneur but the Mark Zuckerbergs of the world are the once-in-a-generation talent. I mean, it's crazy yeah. some of the things they come up with. Same thing with, like, Jeff Bezos. Jeez. His wealth is unreal. It, like, grows by $10 billion a week or something. I mean, <laughs> sick. Yeah. Who would have thought? Something selling books online. It's yeah. crazy. I remember last year in ninth grade, I was sitting in Spanish class, and my teacher said uh, that he had made $12 billion yesterday or something. I remember saying that. Mark, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, Jeff Bezos. Yeah. Oh yeah, twelve billion in a day. Yeah, do you imagine? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. But you know, some of the. I think another thing to be careful with is you're you know as you're looking towards the future. One of the things of like I drive a crappy car, but some of the some of the wealthiest people I know in St. George, like drive crappy cars. Or I mean, they're cars, but they just get them from here to there. Understanding that cars are depreciating asset, yes. right? You buy it for twenty six thousand, you sell it 
two years later for thirteen thousand. Yeah. That's not a great investment. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So I don't spend a lot of money in cars. People always ask me, What do you drive, dude? What do you drive? Like I drive a piece of crap Toyota Camry. Like, right? It it gets me from here to there. It does what I need it to do. It's got a radio, I can turn on my TED Talks or I can do whatever I want in my yeah. car. I it, Yeah, I don't know, I don't buy a lot into that. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. So that's kind of what I did with my car. I bought it for cheap because we buy and sell cars. Yeah. We buy it from a dealership up north that we've worked with. So I got it for pretty cheap, and now I put it right back up on Facebook Marketplace the day that I got it, and I'm going to try and resell it and make a grand or two off of it. That's awesome. Just yeah. so that I can use it to make money instead of, yeah, yeah. Instead of just throwing money at it and losing it, like you are saying, having yeah. it be a liability. So. Yeah, grow bigger. Yeah. Grow bigger. Hey, there's a lot of people who are doing that, right? You see that stuff all the time about people making money off of selling stuff on Amazon and stuff. It's crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Create your own business. But that's a, it's, an, it's an entrepreneur's world. It's created right now. It's, it's, it's never been a better time to be an entrepreneur in America. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Very true. Like, the internet. Yep, the that's internet crazy. has made it easy. But keep in mind, too, yeah, it's made it easier, but it's also made people fickle. So there's not a whole lot of loyalty anymore because you're doing it through the internet. Like, oh, if I can buy it on Amazon, then I can, you know, I don't need to buy it from those guys. So I can, you know what I mean? So you still have to create the habits of getting a hold of people and creating relationships. I believe wealth is still going to be governed largely by relationships. Mm -hmm. How, how good are your relationships with your workers? How good are your relationships? Not necessarily with like your, like your clients, but how good are your relationships with the people that are working with the clients? And if you have a good relationship and you teach them that that's what you expect for them to do with their clients, it's a better system.